With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Spend some time in the country. Live from Ontario and heard around the world. Welcome to In the Country with your host, Dave Woods. This is the radio show where country music gets up close and personal. Spend some time in the country and get to know our kids. Spend some time in the country where the music's the best. The latest news and memories, two great stories that get told. Spend some time in the country, now it's time we start the show. On this edition of In the Country, Dallas Smith joins me to talk about his latest album called Lifted, featuring the great singles Tippin' Point, A Girl Like You, and Wasting Gas, which spent two weeks at number one. We'll talk about that and much more. Dallas also won a Juno this year for that album called Lifted. Also on the show, country legend John Conley is here. You all know his big signature hit called Rose Colored Glasses, and he's been a Grand old Opry member since 1981. His latest album is called John Conley Classics 2. And let's get the show started now. We're just wasting gas. British Columbia's Dallas Smith entered onto the country music scene in a big way with his debut album in 2012. It featured five huge radio singles, including Somebody Somewhere, If It Gets You Where You Want to Go, and the title track jumped right in. The album was nominated for Country Album of the Year at the Junos, and Dallas received five CCMA nominations. His latest album called Lifted, featuring the smash hit Tippin' Point, won Best Country Album at this year's Junos. My pleasure to welcome Dallas Smith to the show. Hey, Dallas. Hey, Dave. How you doing? Awesome. It's great to have you here. I've been wanting to talk to you for a while because I've been a fan of your music ever since Somebody Somewhere came out on the radio. I just love your sound. Oh, thanks very much. I appreciate that. That is such a catchy song. Now, when that song was first released, your debut country song, what were your feelings like at that time, you know, wondering how it was going to do, and, and what was it like when you started to see the success happen with the song? I really believed in the songs that were on this record, uh, on that record, and you never know when you're a new artist entering into a, into a genre. You don't uh, you don't really know if radio is going to get behind it. And uh, mm-hmm. but that day that we went for ads, we got a lot of big ads uh, right away, right out of the gate. And um, you know, at that point, I realized that the record would be heard, um, and uh, I had some some high expectations, and it looked like it was going to uh, at least get get it shot and be heard. You know, and a Juno nomination for that album, five CCMA nominations. And, uh, I mean, other great songs on it, too. Nothing But Summer is one of my favorites. You, there were five singles off that that people will remember that did so well. Five singles is a lot for one album. And nobody's a fan of a record that you want to skip through songs. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm trying to build these records as close to as a, a greatest hits that I possibly can. So um, right. we really took our time. 
uh, making sure the songs and the production and everything about the record was was fine. And uh, you know, I'd like to think that if we had time, we could have got to a couple more songs because there's always those what if. Yeah. What if uh, you know Shotgun went to That's radio? Right. How would that one do? And and uh, but some, yeah. But we're just trying to put uh, put together the best records possible. And and with Lifted, um, I think we're on like the fifth single off of Lifted already now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're we're gonna be releasing Cheap Seats uh, fairly soon as well. So we'll be up to six singles on this record. I love that thing, you know, where you talk about a greatest hits, because people who buy the whole album, they know if there's some filler songs in there, and we all know that, songs we love more than others, but if they're going to get a Dallas Smith album and like it from beginning to end, that, that's a pretty great thing. Yeah, that's the goal, and if it takes me um, a little bit longer in between projects to make sure that the record is uh, is what I'm hoping it would be, then, then that's so be it. Now, Wasting Gas spent two weeks at number one, which doesn't happen that often. I think I might have read that you're the first male Canadian country artist to have that happen. Yeah, it's never happened. So that was a uh, wow. That was a that was a huge thing. Yeah, I mean, multiple weeks at number one for any um, Canadian country artist is a is a is a rarity. Uh, I think Terry Clark mm-hmm. and uh, Shania were the only other two to do it. So um, <laughs> it's a pretty elite club to be part of. And um, yeah, I was really really excited. That was a really fun time watching that song do its thing and and hitting its peak and. Yeah, it was just a really cool stat and cool club to be in. And now let's have a listen to that big hit called Wasting Gas from my guest Dallas Smith here on In the Country. She's looking Friday night, really tearing up in the state 20.
Now, I loved reading about uh, this when you went from the rock world, which you were a part of before, into country music. One of the quotes you said was you had to focus on making your voice more of a storytelling voice and bringing out that emotion. What, what was that transition for you like, Dallas, to, to start to sing country music and, and put that emotion into it? Well, yeah, I mean, with the rock stuff, my voice and what I was doing was very one-dimensional. Um, and, uh, you know, I want to become the best singer that I possibly can be and, and um know involving a little bit more emotion and um uh like yeah, like you said i mean it, it's it's all about telling a story and and, mm-hmm. and having your voice um uh tell that story and and feel the emotions and what you're hearing coming out of me and uh that was something that was lacking before in what i did so it was something i really had to concentrate on and uh, I, I think i'm getting there i, I want to keep getting better and better and i'm challenging myself in new ways and my voice is going to evolve and um yeah, I'm going to be trying some new stuff with this new, new material and, and go to places I've never been before. And Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll constantly evolve and, and uh, find yeah. new tricks. And, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's a, I, I really enjoy singing in, in the studio and, and challenging myself and trying to come up with some new, new stuff. And Now, what's it like working with, uh, you know, this huge producer, Joey Moy, who has produced Florida Georgia Line, Jake Owen, to name just a couple. He's produced your album, Lifted. What's it like working with him? Because he gets some great production out of a song. Yeah, I've worked with Joey. Uh, my first time in a vocal booth was with Joey uh, way back in uh, been 2000. So I, I've, I have a long history with Joe, and our first trip down to Nashville was, was together, and um, he's gone on and done those great things, and, and uh, we've worked together still. So uh, he, he's a massive talent, massively talented guy, and he he we had, we had talked about some, you know what I had said with the rock stuff being one-dimensional. We'd be at parties, and and a couple of drinks and talking about our, our, our mutual love for country music and you'd love to go yep. into a country record together. And, and um, he was the guy that, that really believed in me uh, first and, and said, man, you, you can do this stuff. We just need to get there. And he helped uh, walk me through that process. And, and uh, yeah, he's just a great, a great guy to work with and we're good friends. And um, yeah, it's nice to have somebody that talented believe in you. And, um, you know, and that goes with the whole team that I have uh, behind me. You know, we went down to, uh, with Joey, we went down for our first writing trips down in Nashville, and we had guys like Craig Wiseman open up their doors to us. And, you know, uh, to have a guy like Craig Wiseman, who was just named, oh, yeah. the, uh, um, named the, uh, the songwriter of the century. Um, <laughs> uh, literally, he was. You have a guy like that, yep. um, you know, believe in me and my voice and what I could do. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's a great feeling. And do you find your writing, Dallas, as good as it is, gets better when you're you're in the room with somebody like Craig Wiseman, who's, as you said, a songwriter of the century. He's written huge, huge songs over the years. Do you become a better writer writing with someone like him? You, you, you quickly find yourself sitting there and watching somebody write a song. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's a it's a whole new level. Um, and and uh, yeah, it it, it is. Uh, it's a, a huge learning experience. It was very eye-opening when I went down to Nashville for the first time. Those guys, they write different. I mean, it's, it's, it's their job, but they do it nine to five, five days a week. And That's right. Um, whereas, with, whereas the world that I came from was more a um, bunch of guys just getting together, having a few drinks on a Friday night and, and just jamming and coming up with whatever, you know, the songs would yeah. evolve, you know, over months and stuff. But these guys, they just hammer them out on a daily basis and they're just killer songs. <laughs> so it was, a, it was, a, it was a different, different process. And, um, uh, yeah, it's it wasn't one that I was accustomed to, for sure. Now, the song Lifted, the title track, the current album, that is an awesome song. It is a beautiful song, very inspiring. There's a very moving video uh, as well that goes with it. Do you, do you enjoy, Dallas, having your songs become either anthems in somebody's life or uh, maybe a song that gets them through a tough time? 
yeah, those are always great uh, messages to receive on social media and stuff. I, I get those every once in a while. Um, you know, some of them are, are are deeper than others, and you know, it's great to get those ones that help you, uh, um, you know, get through get through a day or a tough time in your life. And so mm-hmm. I, I get ones like that, and then I just get the simple, you know, you're getting through my homework. <laughs> Thanks for right. keeping me company. Uh, <laughs> you know, kind of kind of messages as well. So yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's great that my music is being put to good use. Um, and help people yeah. along for sure. That's awesome. Now, for those who haven't been to a Dallas Smith show yet, uh, they should do that, first of all, very soon. But what can they expect uh, when you perform? Well, I, I've always prided myself. Like, I, I, went to, uh, I went to concerts as a kid. I used to go to a lot of live shows. And I, I found myself walking away from a lot of shows very disappointed in the, in the singers and just how they couldn't right. translate um, from record to live. So I've always prided myself on if you're going to spend some money to come and see you know, me and my band play, you're going to get what you hear on the record. And, and, um, uh, so yeah, we just, we just try to put on, you know, replicate the record as, as close to as possible, have fun with it. And, um, and, uh, yeah, just being from a rock band background, um, I'm not the kind of guy that just stands there behind the mic and just plays. I mean, we, we try to be as engaging, as entertaining as possible. And, and we're all having fun with each other up there. And, um, yeah, we just find that the more fun we're having, the more fun everybody else has to yeah. That's right. I know that you do some cover songs. I've seen uh, on YouTube. Uh, I think it's the Lord's song, the Royals. Royals. Yeah, yeah. We had some. That's a great did, one. Uh, we were doing um, opening up for FGL down in the U.S. for a couple months there, and and uh, we were trying to find this cover that we we didn't want to do anything new. We didn't want to do well. We didn't want to do anything new country. We wanted to um, do something way out of the box, um, catch people, you know, with a bit of a curveball and. We just I just suggested that one. We ran through it a couple of times, and right away we knew we had something. It was um, it was definitely not what anybody expected, and it, it was, seemed to be getting yeah. good reviews when we ever did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw a lot of positive comments about it. It's great to do something a little a curveball, something people aren't expecting. Now you wrapped up the Tipping Point tour uh, not too long ago. What what shows do you have coming up in the near future, Dallas? Uh, I think the next back, my my guitar player is getting married, and then a couple of days later we. Uh, all of us are taking our wives down to the Virgin Islands. We've got a show down there, which is uh, oh, that's which great. is terrible. I don't. <laughs> so, uh, that should that should be uh, that should be a good time. So, Tough job, but someone's um, got to do. Just kind of enjoying the um, yeah. Exactly. We're just enjoying the uh, you know the one offs and and um, going out and doing the weekend work for the next couple months, and then July and August we pretty much uh, got to pack a big suitcase and and um, we'll be gone for for the summer. That is awesome, Dallas. Well, the album is called Lifted. Uh, our listeners can head to iTunes to get that album. And the song we'll, we'll uh, talk about now as we get set to wrap up and play in a moment, Dallas, is called Cheap Seats. And this is going to be your single coming up in June. Tell me a bit about Cheap Seats before we play it uh, for everybody. Uh, it's a song written by Sarah Buxton. I'm a huge, huge fan of Sarah. She uh, wrote um, Keith Urban's Stupid Boy and uh, just a fantastic singer um, and writer. And uh, I just knew this song was uh, to be a massive th- uh, summer anthem and, uh, it's not even a single yet, and the record hasn't been out all that long. But when we play this song live, everybody knows it, and um, and uh, it's got got quite the energy to it, as you guys will hear. For sure, can't wait to do that. And, and another thing coming up: uh, 2015 Sirius XM Indie Awards. You're up for Country Artist or Group of the Year. Uh, it's coming up uh, May 9th is when they'll announce it in Toronto, part of Canadian Music Week. So you have a ton of stuff going on, Dallas. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure to have you on at last. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Thank you. This is Cheap Seats from Dallas Smith on In the Country. 
I keep my cross at ticket stub Summertime wasn't long enough Living slow and loving fast We made magic in that grass Like a time machine There you are in those ripped blue jeans Couldn't see the band but we didn't care You were Penny Lane with your hands in the air All the lights went out The crowd screamed for more We were making out Right through the whole encore We were living it up in the cheap seats On a Country with Dave Woods has been broadcasting live from Ontario, Canada since 2009. Over the years, Dave has welcomed the biggest names and the newest voices of country music on his show. He grew up on country and embraces the past and present and gets excited about the new singers and songs played on the radio every day. Dave has interviewed country stars like Michelle Wright, Gord Bamford, and Carolyn Don Johnson. If you enjoy hearing the stories behind your favorite songs or how a singer got their start, then tune in to In the Country with Dave Woods. Every show airs live, but it's no problem if you ever miss one. It stays available online as a podcast. You can listen to it anytime, day or night. If you love country music, you'll love In the Country with Dave Woods. He always gets to the heart of country music. But these rose-covered glasses that I'm looking 
Joining me now, it's the great John Conley. His list of country hits includes Backside of 30, Common Man, I'm Only In It For The Love, and his signature song, Rose Colored Glasses. He's been a member of the Grand Ole Opry since 1981. He just released a brand new album called John Conley Classics 2, which features the new song, Walking Behind the Star. We'll hear that song and talk to John about it. Let's give a big warm in the country welcome to John Conley. Hey, John. Hey there. How you doing, Dave? Uh, I'm doing wonderful, and it is so great to speak with you. I've been a fan of yours uh, since way back in the day, and I've enjoyed your music so much. Well, thank you. We uh, we sure have had a lot of fun doing it over these last, well, 37 years, uh, beginning wow. in May, since Rose Colored Glasses came out, and uh, we've been at it full-time ever since, so... Hard to believe it's been that long ago, but it has. Great to have all that music and the memories over the years. And your songs, right. there's so many great uh, stories in them, Rose Colored Glasses, and one on this uh, album, Classics 2, uh, which I love, is called Pocket Full of Crosses. What a beautiful song. Tell me a bit about that one. Well, a young lady named Leslie Satcher uh, wrote it, uh, Pocket Full of Crosses, and uh, we've done a, a couple of other. We did a song that she wrote uh, called From Your Knees some time ago, I'd love her writing. There's another song on this album as well that she had a hand in uh, writing, and that's uh, uh, Bread and Water. Uh, she and Vince Gill wrote that one. But Pocket Full of Crosses, just, it, it speaks about the fact that no matter where you are, what situation you're in, you can testify your faith and, uh, and promote your faith in whatever setting you find yourself in. And that's the thing that attracted me to that song. Over the years when you've been presented with songs, John, uh, do you feel that you've got a pretty good ear? I mean, your record shows that, obviously, but do, do you feel like you know a good song when you when you hear the demo pitched to you? Well, I think I know what touches my heart. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really not much different than when you're listening to the radio and you hear a new song uh, as a listener, you either it either touches you or it doesn't. Sometimes they have to grow mm -hmm. on you a little bit. And the same is true yep. when you're looking for new music. But um, I look for the ones that touch my heart in some way, and that doesn't mean I have to have lived everything I sing, but uh, I at least have to empathize uh, with the storyline. Right. And, uh, you know, and, th and then I go with that, and I don't limit myself. You know, when you get ready to do a new album, the first question you get from publishers and songwriters and so forth is, well, what are you looking for? Well, we're looking for a great song, and I, I'm not going to, you know, I, I don't uh, presuppose the subject matter or the tempos or anything else. I want you right. to play me, if you're a writer, I want you to play me the best thing you have in your pocket, and then uh, we'll take it from there, you know. So that's kind of the way we do it. Now, you recorded a couple of songs uh, years back, uh, written by Kix Brooks, who, of course, went on to uh, big fame with Brooks and Dunn. But I'm only in it for the love and as long as I'm rocking with you. So pretty cool that you uh, recorded some of his songs early on. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm only in it for the love uh, was is one of the few up-tempo type songs that we've done, really. I end up leaning, and I guess because they touch me more, the ballads and, and so forth seem to seem to uh, catch my ear. But every now and then we find an up-tempo thing we like. But that song got written because uh, Kix's co-writers were out buying a new piano. And when they came home with a new piano, he was sitting on their steps outside their house waiting on them. And they went in, proceeded to unpack this new piano, set it up, and started noodling on it. And that's that's really how the, uh, how the song... Uh, 
became written, and uh, they they proceeded to write it that night. I, I tried to encourage them. Uh, Rafe Van Hoy and Deborah Allen, by the way, are the other two writers. But uh, I tried mm-hmm. to encourage them to go buy a new piano regularly and and write as, <laughs> as a result, and then send me the song. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's a great story. Uh, yeah. John, you've been a member of the Grand Ole Opry since 1981. Well, what does the Opry mean to you, and what uh, when you you know return all after all these years and continue to return? Yeah, we're there a lot, uh, of course, and uh, proudly so. Uh, one of the things I'm most proud of in my career is that association with the Grand Ole Opry, which will be turning 90 years of age this this uh, fall. And, incredible. Um, yeah, it is incredible, and so. I'm uh, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. I'm thankful that I got to work it with with a lot of my heroes like little Jimmy Dickens that we just lost, of course. Uh, uh, Jimmy, uh, the last connection we had to a, a whole era of country music that included Hank Williams and Uncle Dave Macon and, and all of those folks. But but I also got to work it with Minnie Pearl and Roy Acuff and Ernest Tubb, uh, Grandpa Jones, and some of those great uh, folks that we will always miss. And uh, But I'm just... I'm honored to be able to help carry forward uh, a little longer for the Grand Ole Opry. Now, before you got into music, and I know that music found you early on, John, but you had a couple of careers, uh, one as a mortician and then one as a disc jockey, which is, of course, closer to music. Tim, tell me a bit about those careers before you uh, became a singer. Well, and the, and the one, we may as well go all the way back because the farm was the very first thing that I was exposed to. I was raised on a farm in Kentucky, and still operated as a matter of fact we still have it but uh, uh, so from the farm to the funeral profession I started working part-time in high school at a local funeral home became so interested in it that I decided to pursue it long enough to get my licenses and I did that spent six years doing that and uh, and I, I really I think I learned more about people doing that than maybe anything else I could have done but I still had an old itch to try radio uh, I fell in love with radio at an early age when I was a kid, and uh, so I said, well, I've either got to become more involved in, uh, try to become involved in ownership at a funeral home, or I better scratch this other itch and just try it and see. Well, Mm -hmm. when I tried it, I never looked back. (laughs) I kept going and ended up in Nashville radio, which is what allowed me to turn the hobby of music into a career eventually. That is amazing, and the rest, as they say, is history. And one, you know, a couple of the songs we'll talk about over the years. People love to hear stories behind the songs. Uh, I don't remember loving you. Great classic song. Uh, what can you tell us about that one, John? Well, Harlan Howard and Bobby Braddock are the writers of that, and Harlan told me that he got the idea for the song uh, years before when uh, his wife was uh, was actually in an institution. He'd go visit her and so forth for a while. And uh, and that's where the idea came to him. And he wrote it down, stuck it in a drawer, never did anything with it. And then he and Bobby got together sometime later, years later, and uh, and they used that seed as the uh, as the uh, genesis for the for writing the song. And it's it is one of our most requested songs. Isn't that something? It's a great, great song. And on the new album, uh, John Conley Classics 2, our listeners can head to iTunes to get the album. One of the right. one of the songs is called The In Crowd. And what can you tell me about The In Crowd, John? Well, The In Crowd was a, a song that we released as a single uh, back in the very beginning, before Rose Color Glasses. It came out as, I believe it was our third single. And uh, it didn't work as a single. However, we later put it on an album, and it became... 
people discovered it from the album. And so because we had so many requests for it, we decided to uh, to make it available yet again. And uh, it's a great family storyline. Uh, you know, it's misleading when you say the in-crowd. People think of the old uh, kind of rock in-crowd song that talks about uh, partying and so forth. And this one talks about partying, too, but it's with the family. It's five o'clock and one more working day is finally at an end. I hurry from my job and start the car and fight the traffic once again. Driving down the interstate, my attention eases as the traffic thin. And I leave my worries far behind and wonder what the in crowd might be doing. Farther down the road, a pretty woman's waiting with a drink. And there's a lot of woman there And pretty soon that's where I'm gonna be I'm the only one that's missing I'm the one the in crowd's waiting for And to drive around the back and leave the car Then I open up the door And there stands the You know, and, and that's a great thing. I love the uh, the family messages in your songs, including old school. That's somebody who, you know, doesn't want to uh, go back with an old flame. And so there's a lot of great, uh, I guess, messages in your songs that, that help keep families together. Oh, well, I hope so. Uh, old school is one of my favorites, too. I, it's what I call a, a one-listen song. In other words, every now and then a song comes along when you're looking for new material and you only have to hear it once to know that you must do it. And that was the case right. with old school. And, uh, many t most of the time, that's not true. Most of the time, just like people listening to the radio, you have to l hear a song a 
number of times before you even know if you like it or not. And mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, that song was pitched to us between sessions when we were recording uh, back years ago, and uh, we bumped something else and included it in the afternoon session because we liked it so much. <laughs> I love hearing those stories, you know, the last-minute songs that come along, and they seem to do really well. I wanted to ask you, too, about, you mentioned earlier, John, about the farms, the family farm you still have in Kentucky, and you've got a farm in Tennessee. Tell me about life on the farm. Well, it's, uh, as John Denver sang, kind of laid back (laughs) (laughs) at at times. There's always something to do, that's for sure. You never get caught up. You never get finished. Uh, around a farm, and uh, but I, I wouldn't live any other way. I, I lived in town for just a, a few years with my uh, with a couple of my other careers, and uh, mm-hmm. I was able to get back to the country in uh, in 1982 and or 81 actually, and uh, I, I, I hope never to have to live in a in an urban setting again. Uh, I'm close enough to get to. Uh, to the stores and so forth, but uh, I like that open, fresh country, sunshine air. (laughs) That sounds amazing. Sounds like a great life. When you're performing at uh, shows, obviously uh, people from the generations that grew up on your music know and love your music. Do you find that the the children they're bringing, you know, who who are not young enough to have heard the songs on the radio back in the day, are getting into your music? It is amazing to me how often I look out in the crowd and I see uh, 20-somethings, uh, in some cases teenagers, uh, singing along with songs that weren't even, I mean, they weren't born when these things came out. Right. And uh, <laughs> so that that tells me that they have great parents who've raised them well. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I'll I tell that. you, even more than that, what it tells me is, that great songs and and I you know I've only written a couple of the of our singles, Rose Colored Glasses and Backside of Thirty. Everything else has been written by the full time songwriters who do it so well, but it just tells me that great songs uh, don't have a time limit and, and a time frame, and uh, and I'm very proud of that. And you know there's all these surveys with the greatest country songs of all time and s- certain ones make it into the top five at least he stopped loving her today the george jones classic is usually at the top of those lists but could you throw out a couple of standards c- country classics to you that you think are just wow the best that country music has that's and the, see that's the trouble with those lists because they're so subjective of course to who is yeah. who's answering the question uh but i mean i can Almost anything by Hank Williams <laughs> would probably uh, qualify. Yep. Country's Family Reunion is such a great uh, series of shows. People can catch them on YouTube. They can buy them, of course, online. And uh, Bill Anderson does a lot of the hosting. It's all the great right. classic country artists like yourself singing your hits. What, what, what is that experience like for you to be part of those shows? It's always fun for me because even though uh, everybody that appears on the show, uh, for the most part, I've known for years and years, a lot of them, and um, and even though we know each other, I still always hear stories that I never knew before, and I learn things mm-hmm. I never knew about them before. Uh, I don't do as much talking as some do. Uh, I, sp- I spend my time sitting back listening. And also the music is fun to fool with, you know, in a live-type setting, because when they roll tape, they don't, you know, there is no take two. Uh, what you see on the show is the way it went down, basically, and uh, they don't, I can only remember in all the ones I've done, uh, going back to 
kind of redo something uh, once or twice in in all these years, and I appreciate wow. it's 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 like watching a live show, literally. That's great. I'll encourage our listeners to check uh, those shows out. Country's Family Reunion are just wonderful. Uh, your new album, Classics 2, which uh, is available at iTunes. People can check that out. One of the songs in there, John, is called Walking Behind the Star, and uh, it's a tribute to law enforcement, and I know you recorded it for uh, just how meaningful the song is to you and many others. Tell me about this song. It's a song that was written 16 years ago by uh, Phil Thomas and Ronnie Scaife, and uh, they, when they wrote it all that time ago, and the and the the, the idea was born because uh, Phil, Phil Thomas is he had a grandfather and a great grandfather uh, who were both members of the sheriff's departments in their, uh, I think around Memphis maybe, uh, maybe Texas I'm not sure but at any rate uh, they were former sheriff's department folks and that's what gave him the idea to write it and but nobody recorded it back when they did it. And I think they maybe just were planting a seed that was due to sprout now because, you know, uh, in our right here in the United States, our law enforcement is under attack, literally, to the point of being assassinated. Uh, they're they're just under uh, attack in so many different ways. And I, we just wanted to get a message out there that number one, they're the only thing that stands between peace and anarchy. Uh, in our societies, and uh, and we need to remember that, and we need to thank them for the job they do, because it's got to be discouraging for them to be uh, to be the first to be doubted in any situation. First of all, uh, and uh, so we just wanted to give them a pat on the back and and say, job well done. It's a great song, and it does express that uh, sentiment in it very well. Our listeners are going to enjoy it here on the show. needed taming a special breed was born instilled with the courage to walk behind the star and make us stand for the rights of man knowing it could mean their life but somebody had to draw the line between wrong and right Nowadays it's not much different Just the uniforms have changed Good folk need protection Where evil still remains So God bless all the women and men Sworn to uphold the law And thank him for the fallen one the ones who gave it all Walking behind the star Braving the line of fire Standing tall when duty calls Taking it down to the wire From helping a newborn to ride In the seat of an old squad car to putting the bad guys away Walking behind the star It's just a piece of metal Until it's pinned upon a chest Then it becomes a symbol 
And another big honor in your career, John, is your induction back in 2006 into the Kentucky Music Hall of Fame. Of course, being born and, and living in Kentucky, that, that must be a great honor for you. Oh, absolutely. Anytime you, uh, I think, can be recognized by your home folks, your peers, you know, that's always uh, means a little more maybe than some of the other things that come your way. But uh, mm-hmm. I am proud of that. Kentucky Music Hall of Fame also uh, recognizes uh, not just country and, and bluegrass music, but anybody who's made their mark in, in music from the state uh, can be in the, in the hall. And as an example of that, uh, members also include Rosemary Clooney and Lionel Hampton and Mary Travers from Peter, Paul, and Mary, people that had uh, success in other avenues of music. And uh, I appreciate that about the hall. Well, that's one of many great honors you have. Also, a Grand Ole Opry member since 1981. And all the great hits, including your signature song, way back in the beginning, Rose Colored Glasses, to all the hits uh, to present the album uh, that is out now, Classics 2. Our listeners can head to iTunes, and they can uh, check you out at johnconley.com. John, it's been a pleasure. I've been a fan, as I said, since way back, including the song literally called Way Back. Uh, it's been right. gr- great having you on the show. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and we'll uh, hope to talk to you again soon. And a big thank you to country legend John Conley for being on the show, and to Dallas Smith with his great new album, Lifted. Dallas opened up the show today. I'm Dave Woods, and that'll wrap up this edition of In the Country. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.